Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Myatt Fuels, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show. Aaron Sexton alongside. It's my annual holiday uh, cold or whatever you want to call it. Let's hope it's not the crazy stuff. But I'm going to go get checked out this evening, in fact. But I'm uh, doing okay. Been drinking a lot of tea. Now i got some coffee in me. Um, had some... Uh, there's a national shortage, apparently, of honey. And uh, you cannot get honey at any Starbucks, at least in my in, in my uh, group of Starbucks. Is anybody else finding this when you try to get honey in your Starbucks tea? Uh, you can't do it. No honey. And they try to put give you agave, and agave is just not quite, you know, getting the job done. I mean, I, I'm not against agave in any way. It's a, I guess it's a fine sweetener. But I think honey does the trick and makes you feel better. Um, it is the Mosley Show. It is a holiday week. I hope you're having an exciting time as you get ready for Christmas. And uh, we are uh, we're right. We're, we're coming up on it. And Aaron, I just, uh, after some major negotiating, uh, I have secured us. Aaron, I don't want this to surprise you. And I don't want you to, like, go running down the hall, but uh, we are off on Christmas Eve. All right? I have, uh, <laughs> I, after made some major advocating, we've been able, no, that's very uh, benevolent of uh, of uh, of the PD Tom and, uh, of course, uh, Gary Moss and, and the whole gang. So uh, we will take you, though, right up until through Thursday's shows, and then we'll be off on uh, <clears throat> Christmas Eve. And then uh, Christmas, in fact. And Aaron, I know you'll have uh, all your holiday plans in place. Now, Aaron, do you still have your way into fantasy football? Are you still involved and are all your teams still kind of on the, <clears throat> are they in the mix as we speak? I mean, this is uh, this is kind of when you get into playoff time, generally in uh, fantasy football leagues. Is, is Are all your teams still alive as we head down the stretch? Because my team, as usual, we have taken a beating, and I'm not even paying attention anymore. Yeah, all, uh, all three of, you know, I play a couple of free ones, but all three of the ones, the money leagues that I'm in, uh, my teams are in the uh, semifinals. So one of them just lost Tyreek Hill a few minutes ago. He got added to the COVID list, but um, – all three are alive and still uh, still have a chance to win. All right. Um, there's a lot going on. Speaking of that COVID list, now, Aaron, am I correct to say that we're going to get two games tonight? We had two games yesterday. I kind of like yes. watching the end of that Raiders-Cleveland game. And tonight, Fox is going to have a couple of games on, and it'll be going at the same time. Philadelphia and uh, Washington, Washington football team, are going to tee it up. And then, Aaron, we have another game on, on tap this evening. Um, so I, I would say that a, a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, 
Thursday slate of games is not the worst thing. Then we'll start it up again on Saturday. Um, there seems to be no desire to cancel or, or like, I mean, you know, hit pause or anything like that. Um, you're just going to kind of keep playing through this thing. If you're if you care about the NBA, which I do greatly, the NBA is in disarray. The NBA has like a hundred players now on the COVID list, and they've had to turn to. I mean, it's good for some of our favorite ex Baylor players, Aaron. They're having to do these hardship deals with G League players to go on rosters to even just get to play games. There's so many players. So we're getting hit. There's certain cities that it seems more than others. L.A., you know, some of the big – New York's getting hit. So, I mean, I kind of like what Adam Silver said, though. The NBA commissioner just said, listen, I mean, we're not going to eradicate COVID. I mean, we've got to learn how to play and function with it. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, you know, if you don't watch it, we'll be right back to where we started like a year and a half or however long it was ago. And somebody will say, hey, what are you, what, what if we just shut everybody down? And you remember, Aaron, when that seemed like a lot of people thought that's a pretty good idea. Let's just, I mean, not everybody thought that, obviously. But, but that's what we did. We kind of shut down for a while. And it's like, well, that's not very good. I mean, okay, we've lost all these businesses now. And people can't earn a livelihood. And, I mean, everything's in chaos. Maybe that's not the best way to handle this. But uh, what sports has done is tried to figure out a way to move on. And they've basically tried to bully everybody into getting <laughs> vaccinations and, and boosters and all that. And there's only so much you can do. Basically, if you haven't had a vaccination you got to wear a hazmat suit around the these facilities. This is the breaking news that I'm leading up to. Just as of a few minutes ago, Cowboys defensive line coach Aiden Durday or Dur, uh, yeah, Durday, I believe he's the uh, the guy the British. If you watch the the uh, Hard Knocks, he was the British defensive line coach for the Cowboys. Aiden Durday is in COVID protocols. Defensive tackles Osa Odigizua and Tristan Hill are on the reserve COVID list. Now, if they're vaccinated and they can get those tests quickly, then there's no reason they can't jump right back in there. But they got to have back-to-back within like 24 hours. They got to get back to or 48-hour period. They got to have back-to-back negative tests, and that's how they could get back in. So there's a chance you could get both those guys back. But right now, they're still on the reserve COVID list. And if you have COVID, even if you're vaccinated, you know, you never know how it affects different people. I mean, I, I, I would tend to think that bigger humans, here I go with my Mosley's theories, but I would say, Aaron, do you think I'm crazy to say that people that weigh 300 pounds sometimes in the NFL might respond differently than people who are 200 pounds to the COVID? You think I'm onto something? I don't think that's crazy, no. Okay, thank you. I just thought I would put some wild Mosley health type deal. David Haynes, Lance Ellis, some of my medical buddies in Central Texas are pulling off the road. They do not want me commenting on medical things. We are sponsored, by the way, by uh, Ascension Providence. I mean, that's a uh, 
that's that's pretty big time place right there so they could always help us when i run into these things but uh uh it's good to know people it's good to know great doctors and central texas has its fair share of tremendous medical folks aaron you've dealt with some of them over the years and uh and then you go right up to temple and it's like oh wow there's later scott and white there's just some beautiful facilities but i'm telling you this uh ascension providence is just a done an unbelievable job especially with a sports staff they put together really really good okay uh <coughs> Aaron, is that good when i just cough into the mic i think that works pretty nicely also the assistant special teams coach matt daniels is also in protocols all right that is the that is the assistant to john fossil all right, Aaron. I mean, this this is really, um, this is really. I mean, st- it's affecting everything now, Aaron. If you don't mind, I may go down in this lower octave. I cough less if I can just kind of. I had to do this with Stephen at one point. It's it's a little strange, but I cough a lot less if I can kind of get down in a lower octave and just kind of talk like this and not really. A, you know, project like I normally do. Does that sound okay, Aaron? That's not too crazy, is it? No. And Aaron, you're I, you are willing. By the way, your uh, your voice sounds really good. So <laughs> I, I made I may need you to jump in here even more than usual. Um, I thought this was interesting too. Uh, Max Olson had this. Alabama lands Georgia Tech transfer running back Jameer Gibbs, one of the best all-purpose playmakers in college football. I mean, you talk about the rich getting richer. Can you imagine just kind of waking up and going, you know what? I don't know, we're going to the playoff, but I'll tell you what, we're, a, we're just a tad bit thin at running back. Well, Georgia Tech has a great running back. Like, it, that's the best player on the Georgia Tech team. What if we – now, Aaron, let me ask you this. Do you think before they put their name in the portal, they might have a um, a little bit of an inkling where they're going to? Or do you or do you think this is all above board that they're just kind of like, oh, I think I'll just put my name in the portal and see where I land. I think there are some that generally don't know where they're going to go, but I, absolutely, there's a there's a lot of players that enter the portal knowing exactly where they're going. <laughs> like, I don't think this kid leaves Georgia Tech if he doesn't have a pretty good thing lined up at Alabama. Now, here's what Nick Saban, the uh, this is what he said back in April talking of the one-time transfer exception. We're going to adapt to it and make it an advantage for us. <laughs> Aaron, does that shock you? Does that answer shock you at all? I mean, I, uh, I think uh, I think they will adapt well. Okay, as we continue to get more and more um, news coming in on COVID, COVID is impacting games right now in the NFL, NBA. It just impacted the Baylor women the uh, women's game, uh, the home game on the 29th against, I believe that's Houston Baptist, has been um, canceled due to COVID. Now, those are COVID issues that uh, Houston Baptist is having. The Bears are working on a replacement game. When we have um, uh, when we have news on that, we'll let you know because some of you have season tickets. Some of you have tickets to that specific game and might like to go see. Uh, we shall see. Now, this is further news coming in on the COVID front. The Bills have placed wide receiver Cole Beasley <coughs> on the reserve COVID-19 list. Beasley 
Aaron, is this breaking news to you? Beasley is unvaccinated. Does that did that catch you by surprise at all? No, I, I think he had spoken on it once or twice. Do you think that of of the of the most well known unvaccinated players in the NFL, who would you say is the most well? Would you say I would say Cole Beasley? Well, no, no, no. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers wins that battle. Then I would put Cole, and then I might put <clears throat> Amari. I might put Amari third. How's that sound? I, w- I would put sound? Lamar Jackson third because okay. he's actually had it twice. And we and he's he's unvaccinated, right? Yeah, the the protocols he had to go to through to get okay. get back this last game or the ones for unvaccinated players. You know, you remember when Cam Newton changed his mind? Cam was trying to figure out, like, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to get vaccinated. And he'd been out of football for a while. Cam put an announcement out there. Hey guys, I've got the vaccination now. If anybody wants to sign me, but but Aaron, you think I'm kidding? Like this is what it is to to be in the, to to get in and play in the NBA right now. They got a pool of players hanging out in G League, and they and they look and they go, okay, who's vaccinated? Who's unvaccinated? Like literally, the 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 vaccinated player is going to get first chance. And the reason I brought that up earlier is because Freddie Gillespie. Just got signed. I had to double check. I had to look again to see where he ended up. You may know off the top of your head, Aaron. But Freddie G's back. And he just signed one of those 10-day hardship deals. I always know because uh, Scott is really good in the Baylor program, maybe David Kay, about keeping up with all that. And if one of our former players signs, then uh, <clears throat> those guys are great about, you know, getting something up immediately. And that's how I know that. Look at that picture of Doug Furch. I was just seeing Furch was on with you guys in the 3 o'clock hour. Look at Doug, man. I, none of these people ever come on with me. We've been trying to get Doug on like every week, Aaron. And, and, and then I tried to get John McClain on. And, and boy, when, when uh, J-Mo asked them, they're like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You name the time. We tried to get them on. They're just like, no, no, I'm sorry. We, we, we're with another group. We're with another station. Okay, Aaron, this is another one. Um, uh, so, yeah, so th- to finish that, Beasley is unvaccinated and out 10 days if he has tested positive. Okay, so if he's tested positive, that would be at least 10 days that he's out. So just kind of getting everybody caught up on a lot of that breaking news. The, uh, the, the Mavericks, as only they could. Have gone out, uh, Aaron had signed a uh, guard. His name is, to a 10-day hardship deal, his name is Charlie Brown. He comes to the NBA G League Delaware. So, of course, somebody had to immediately underneath it have Charlie Brown dribbling the basketball in his Charlie Brown shirt. Okay, um, it is time to meet the new soccer coach at Baylor University. She joins us next. This weather update is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. Since 1949, Texans have secured their insurance needs through the Nitsche Group. Learn more at thenitschegroup.com. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly clear skies tonight with some patchy fog developing overnight. Low temperatures fall to 36 degrees. Tomorrow, areas of fog in the morning, and some of this may be dense, so easy on the roads. Then becoming mostly sunny, a high of 70, and mostly sunny, warmer on Thursday in 76. 
Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Ring in the new year with Baylor football in the All-State Sugar Bowl. It's the Big 12 champion Bears and the Ole Miss Rebels Saturday, January 1st from New Orleans in the All-State Sugar Bowl. It's the Big 12 and the SEC on January 1st in the All-State Sugar Bowl right here on the home of Baylor Bear football, ESPN Central Texas. The perfect gift for that special someone on your Christmas list can be found at Appaloosa Trading Post and Rodeo Pond. They are your one stop for rustic furniture for both home and office, saddles for adults and children, gold and silver jewelry, cowhides for area rugs and decorations, and guns from brand names Smith & Wesson, Bursa, Glock, and Ruger. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118 to 22462. Merry Christmas from Appaloosa Trading Post, Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, and on Facebook. This is Richard Carr. We have shared many challenges together over the past year, but 2021 brought a new business challenge. Computer chip shortages have created long delays for new vehicles. We're told production is improving and cars are coming. At Richard Carr Motors, we have a list of vehicles already in production called our inbound vehicle list. These are vehicles that will be delivered first. Get your name on our inbound vehicle list and be first in line for your new GM car or truck. Thank you, Central Texas, for your continued support. Are you ready to jump into a career with a local Fortune 500 company? Sherwin-Williams has warehouse opportunities available with starting pay at over $20 per hour and regional CDL driving opportunities with pay averaging $84,000 annually. Sherwin-Williams offers competitive benefits including medical, dental, vision, life insurance, 401k, and pension. Apply online at careers.sherwin.com. That's careers.sherwin.com. Or call 254-523-9500. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weiss with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Baylor basketball improves to 11-0 after a win over Alcorn State 94-57. The Bears will be off until after Christmas when they host Northwestern State in the Ferrell Center on December the 28th. Two games in the NFL last night. Raiders beat the Browns 16-14 and the Vikings beat the Bears 17-9. Week 15 in the NFL wraps up tonight with two more games. Seahawks at the Rams and Washington football team at the Eagles. Both games kick off at 6 o'clock. Two bowl games today. First up, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl with Kent State and Wyoming, followed by UTSA and San Diego State in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Bowl kicking off at 6.30. The NHL will pause its season on Wednesday, two days before the planned Christmas break because of COVID-19. Catch the Coach Pete Fredenberg show tonight starting at 6 o'clock on Fox Sports Central Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas. Thank you, Central National Bank. Thank you for being our presenting sponsor. Thank you for being such fans of soccer. A man, uh, the executive vice president, went down to Austin to see some soccer recently, Team USA, in uh, one of those games, and, and that was good. That's why it's very appropriate. We welcome on Michelle Leonard, Baylor's new um, soccer coach, and Michelle, welcome to town, and I got to say, congratulations on your latest honor. This, um, you and your staff uh, named the United Coaches National Staff of the Year. 
I would say that's uh, that's pretty cool stuff there. Congratulations. Oh, well, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate that, and, and we do feel very honored by that. I was very fortunate and blessed to have a wonderful staff at DBU, and we were able to do some pretty special things, and thank you for having me on. Yeah, we're we're excited to have you and excited to see what you know what you're going to do with the program. You know, I want to start with DBU. What a mission! What a, a, a time you had there. And I would say I'm I'm more familiar, probably, to be honest with you, with the baseball program there and, and Dan and a lot of those guys. Uh, Connor, I've gotten to know. I kind of jumped on that bandwagon last year when they were almost headed to the uh, to the World Series. But I would imagine that you that, you know the two coaches of those two programs align in a lot of ways from a spiritual standpoint um and and i'm just wondering i mean it just seems like those two programs i know golf did really well but really above maybe all the others took off at dbu what do you what do you most attribute that to the uh the success that y'all have had well and well specifically in soccer well my time at dbu was amazing it's just a wonderful school I think anyone who's ever worked there or even visited there can tell that um, Dan Hefner and the baseball program obviously has had tremendous success uh, Dan is just an unbelievable coach I think a lot of the success of that program has to do with who he is and the staff that he has and, and what they've done at DBU is, is a lot of just who Dan is but also DBU is invested in all of the athletic programs in a way that has allowed those coaches to be successful and with women's soccer, when I got there 14 years ago, it was a little bit of a, of a building project. Uh, but the, the university told me from day one that they wanted to support the vision that I had to get the program to a championship-level caliber, not just in our conference, but at the national level. And, you know, over the course of those 14 years, they very consistently did support that vision. So as we got better each year, they helped add resources each year. Um, and then, you know, we had support from the very top down, from the president, um, vice president and of course athletic director connor smith was unbelievable during my time there always at the games always by our side giving us what we needed to succeed so it's really not a hard place to succeed at it's a beautiful campus with awesome facilities and great people and so if you can coach at all i think you can do pretty well there well you're being humble because as you said it wasn't like a, a power and you you with the with the help of all those people you mentioned you turned it into a powerhouse nine All-Americans, nine postseason appearances, and coming off that Final Four appearance, that, that was um, that, that's quite a run that you've been in. Tell me this, what did you, uh, what did you think of uh, the Baylor program from afar? I, I assume with uh, the proximity that you crossed paths with Coach Jobson, uh, and obviously um, uh, his wife was, was the head coach when they first arrived in, uh, in Waco. What did you kind of know and think about the program uh, while you were still at DBU? Well, I mean, Coach Jobson and, of course, uh, Marcy have just a wonderful reputation in the soccer world. One, just as people of high character and integrity, and um, everyone that I know has spoke very highly of them. And, and, yes, I've run into them many, many times over the past decade out recruiting or, or whatnot. Um, and, and Baylor and DBU are so similar when you look at them from the outside. Just Baylor's the bigger version. And so I think our soccer programs have a lot of similarities. I think there's going to be some differences in the way that we approach the game from a style perspective, but from just a philosophy on treating players and, and how to manage players and how to build something, I think there's just a tremendous amount of similarities just from a university standpoint as well. And so uh, DBU is kind of a Division II version of that. It's a beautiful campus, Christ-like environment that encourages 
coaches to, you know, develop their student athletes in all facets of life, not just as athletes. And I think that that helps those student athletes be better on their respective fields of play as well. And I think Baylor does that too. And I think that that's obvious in all of Baylor athletics. And soccer has had some success over the years, um, 2017, 2018 in particular, with, with trips mm-hmm. to, the Elite Eight, to the Elite Eight. And, um, you know, all of us got, you know, kind of hung up with COVID over the last couple of years. And so I think is in a great place now that we're kind of turning the corner on that to get back to that level and, and compete at the highest level. And I don't see any reason why we can't do here what we were able to do at DBU, especially with what Coach Jobson has already, you know, done before. Yeah, I would think. I mean, I've been a Baptist all my life. Uh, we 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 certainly know how to fight with each other. Uh, I would think 14 years of being at a Baptist school is a good, uh, you know, I think it's good preparation for coming to uh, to Baylor, and uh, that's a that's a really it's kind of like you said, Baylor has gotten bigger and bigger. And I've always been fascinated with DBU because DBU has this unbelievable sort of international uh, program that they bring in a lot of st- students internationally. <laughs> Tell me about recruiting. What is, um, w- when you're looking for the perfect fit for what you want to build, um, do you go outside uh, the States? Or or do you, have you found that, the, the, the you know, even within Texas, some of the programs have gotten so so good that you don't have to to maybe you know look internationally as much as you do in some other sports well i think that that baylor is like dbu and like you mentioned already and that you know really is about finding the right fit and that really is true for any university and i think um, both of them um have their very specific type of player and people that we're looking to bring into these programs and i think being a a school in texas um, with such a high-quality soccer landscape here in the state of Texas that it's easy to expect that we will have a large percentage of our roster from Texas. Um, but, I, you know, we plan to look wherever we need to look to find the right players for this program. And if that's international, then we are certainly going to do that as well. So I suspect that we'll have, you know, 60 to 70% of the roster probably from Texas. Uh, but then we're going to have California kids and, and Florida kids because those are the other two major hotspots for women's soccer. And then any other state where we feel that we can find a good player, we're going to look as well. And then I think, you know, there's lots of opportunity internationally. Um, You know, Baylor has not got a significant history of bringing in international players. We did not have a significant history at DBU either. Um, The one international player I brought in last year was an unbelievable player who ended up back in the Netherlands playing professionally. And so we kind of hit a home run, almost too much of a home run with that one. Um, (laughs) He went back home and went pro and is getting ready for the U22 World Cup. And so – I think that we can do that here as well. I don't think that we need a lot of international players, but going and finding one or two very specific type of players that can, um, you know, get us to the next level in the Big 12 and then beyond the Big 12, there's lots of international players playing in the NCAA and many sports, but especially in soccer. And so I think it's important that we do touch on that a little bit, although I don't think it's going to have a significant portion of our roster. Michelle Leonard joining us, Matt Mosley show, the new soccer coach at Baylor. And uh, by the way, now you have the NIL in place, so you can tell some of these borderline professional players, hey, come here, get an education. You can make some money at the same time. And uh, you do, we just need our uh, all our, our big money boosters to kind of step up on their end. But I think you'll find that uh, Baylor has some very successful people who do not mind uh, spending some money on facilities and, and that type of thing. Um, I, I'm curious, 
who uh, Michelle was were uh, one or two of like your biggest mentors when you think about your philosophy and then like you said your style of of how you line up and how you try to go execute who did you uh, who did you try to emulate as a young coach and and who would you say you you had you had the uh, had the biggest influence on you as a coach well, you know, that's always an interesting question that I never have a very good answer for because I think that I like to take um, ideas from a lot of different places. And so over the years, I've studied and read numerous different coaches, American coaches at the at the NCAA level, international coaches at the professional level. I could list off common names that people would recognize like Anson Dorrance or Jurgen Klopp as, as coaches that I have learned a lot from. But that list is really, really long. Um, many of those names are not as well known, but that's because I think that, you know, we've built the style of play that I like to play that I did at DBU and that I hope to bring to Baylor uh, based off of stealing some ideas from a few of those folks and then kind of tweaking them to fit, you know, what works for us. And so, you know, I don't know that I'd say there's one or two in particular. I think uh, I get, I read anything I can get my hands on and study any coaches that I can. So Jesse Marsh right now with, with Red Bull, I think he's leaving Red Bull, but um, is an American coach coaching in Europe who I think has a really fun, aggressive style of play that can be emulated in the college game here in the United States that I've enjoyed learning from as well. So there's lots of great NCAA coaches here um, that I've studied since I was much, much younger, but kind of understanding the game at the international level, I've been able to do more from some of those European league teams. All right, and what was, by the way, what uh, position did you play growing up in soccer? I was the center mid. Which, um, if I'm not mistaken, requires a lot of running, correct? It does, yes. <laughs> I think most of the positions in our game now require quite a bit of running, but I think the midfielders are probably doing the most. Yeah, I would say so. I used to go out and see the Baylor club teams before uh, men and women before they turned uh went D1, and then while I was still at Baylor, that was the first year, like around 97 or whatever, that uh, I think about, I don't know, 96 or 97 was the first year uh, Baylor had a a Division I soccer program, and it was really exciting because you can imagine some of those club players who were really good, they got a chance to suddenly, some of them got to be on scholarship, and that was an interesting transition to watch. So uh, guide me through that, like from a from a, the kind of alignment or formation that you would have, like a 4-3-3, 3-4-3, however it works out, what do you tend to gravitate toward? Um, well, at DBU, we were kind of playing out of two or three different systems depending on mm-hmm. our current strengths and who we were going to play and what we were looking to do that week. Um, spent most of my career coaching out of a, a 4-3-3 or some variation of a 4-3-3, so a 4-2-3-1 or a 4 one 4 one but really over the last couple of years have enjoyed playing with three in the back and being able to play between three in the back and four in the back. And so I think over the last few years in my coaching, I've gone away from being as fixated on the system of play and more focused on teaching our players how we want to play out of any particular system. And so we want our team to be comfortable. If we were to change it on a dime in the middle of the game, that they would know how to do that. Uh, whether it was a 4-3-3 or a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2, we want them to understand the, the roles and responsibilities of each position, but also, more importantly, the principles of how we want to play. So more the style of how we want to play, less concerned about the system. Those are really just starting positions and, you know, how we match up against our opponent. Um, but we want our players to understand how to play any moment of the game 
in the style that we want to try to play. All right. Well, this is going to be fun. It's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be exciting to uh, – um, I mean, you know, the, obviously the Jobs just did a tremendous job, but what an opportunity yes. because think about it. You don't – most times when a coach that's still kind of in their prime leave, it's either for a better job or they get fired. And in this case, it's just not – you know, for whatever reason, he stopped coaching. And I, I think you're going to inherit uh, a really, really good situation. You obviously left a great situation. By the way, are you? Uh, what's your Premier League team? Everybody seems to have one. Do you? Uh, do you lay claim to one? Um, if I was going to pick one, I'd say Liverpool because I think Klopp is just such a fun coach. I think he loves his players and has so much positive energy. Um, so I would. I wish I could say I watched more professional soccer than I do, but with having two little boys and coaching full time. Um, I spend the majority of my time either on the soccer field or wherever they are. So when I have the opportunity, I follow Liverpool. All right. I'm trying to think if that was the one. Did Tom Hicks get a hold of that uh, that um, organization for a little while, <laughs> that club? Oh, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember the old Rangers owner, and I think that thing went a little south. As you've noticed, when the American ownership groups, uh, the the, the – uh, uh, the British don't exactly love that situation. <laughs> I think uh, right. I, I think the owners of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have found that out as well over the years. But uh, well, Coach, this is um, it's going to be really exciting. Uh, one of my buddies at DBU is a guy named Ryan Hefton. He's at works in development there, and they they all just speak extremely highly of you. And I've gotten to meet some of those folks, and and uh, those banquets y'all would have or. I mean, those were awesome. I would go to some of those banquets, and Clayton Kershaw and different people would come in and speak. So uh, uh, we're going to have to really amp up our banquet game, Coach, to kind of catch <laughs> up with what y'all were doing at DBU, you know? Yeah, well, they, they do a great job, and I love my time there and just wonderful, wonderful people. Um, I'll really miss that place, and you're right. Someone's going to inherit a really special opportunity because that, that's a wonderful place to work. All right, well, listen, we uh, look forward to meeting you in person, and it's very exciting, and, and welcome to uh, welcome to Waco, and uh, we can't wait to watch you guys play. Thank you, Matt. We're really happy to be here. You bet. There she goes. Michelle Leonard uh, joining us, the uh, new Baylor soccer coach, and uh, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a tremendous program. It already is. Jobson's did a great job. I, like, I really like Paul, and I was disappointed when Paul decided to step down. But I think um, I think this is a really good hire. Um, I, I I know that other schools, including University of Texas, have tried to hire Dan Heefner, who she referenced, um, from as the baseball coach. I know Baylor looked at Dan before they hired Steve, and I'm very happy they have Steve because I think he's doing a great job. But DBU has has produced some incredible coaches and programs, and so I think it was a very logical and well-thought-out decision to uh, to go make that hire at uh, uh, go to DBU and bring in Coach Leonard. That's L-E-N-A-R-D, by the way. That's how you spell Coach Leonard's name. And uh, we'll have that uh, interview. If anybody wants to pass that around to your friends or whatever, we'll have that interview. There's one player on the team that's from Waco, a defender. I mean, I love it when they go local. And actually, she played at Waco High School. So, Anyway, uh, it is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. <clears throat> uh, Aaron Sexton alongside, as always. It is now time for Campus Confidential.
Your home for Baylor football is ESPN Central Texas and the 87th Annual All-State Sugar Bowl. Hi, this is Tom Barfield. Join Lark Smith, Matt Mosley, and me for Game Day Live, live from New Orleans on January 1st. Game Day Live is presented by the Office of Baylor Alumni. We'll preview the game, have interviews, and, of course, scores from across the nation. Don't miss Game Day Live, presented by the Office of Baylor Alumni, live from New Orleans on January 1st and here on ESPN Central Texas. Tis the season to give, and it's okay to get. Get holiday gift cards from La Fiesta, We Cool Tacos, and Village Pizzeria. Purchase $50 in gift cards and get $10 free for yourself or for someone else. And don't forget, it's tamale time. Choose from delicious pork or chicken tamales. Order yours online at LaFiesta.com. Merry Christmas from your friends at La Fiesta. If you're paying too much for health insurance for yourself and your employees, and you probably are, listen closely to this message. Our agency, in addition to representing all the major medical companies, we have an exclusive contract with one of our carriers that no other agent has in the entire country. Hurley Benefit Services President Michael Hurley. Our plans encourage educated consumption of health care. And as a result, we've been able to save employees and employers thousands of dollars. I have a local company here with a little over 100 employees, and we're able to save them in the last 12 months over $100,000 in premium dollars. This is indeed fact. It's worth 10 minutes of your time to talk to Hurley Benefit Services to learn how you can save thousands on health insurance costs. Set a no-cost, no-obligation appointment with Hurley Benefit Services to find out more. Hurley Benefit Services is locally owned, and they're online at HurleyBenefitServices.com. H-U-R-L-E-Y BenefitServices.com. Baylor Sports Beat, weekdays at 7.55 a.m. and 5.25 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. This is the sound of someone taking a free test walk in personally fit arch supports at the Good Feet store. Ah, music to our ears. Just like the words of Randy and Dennis, real customers who decided to give Good Feet Arch Supports a try with a free fitting and test walk. In the morning, it felt like I was standing on marbles on my heel. Working at an amusement park and being on my feet all day long, extreme pain every day, trying so many different things over the counter, none of it worked. When I went into the Good Feet store, the fitting was all about me. She brought out these two little arch supports, tried them on, walked around the store with them, and immediately felt better. It's amazing. Your day becomes better and the sun shines. You know, it's a good life. See how our trusted specialists and personally fit arch supports can help with foot, knee, hip, and back pain. Stop by the Good Feet store for a free fitting and test walk today. Your good life starts with Good Feet. Stop by today at the Good Feet store in Waco in the Central Texas Marketplace. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weiss with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Baylor basketball improves to 11-0 after a win over Alcorn State, 94-57. The Bears will be off until after Christmas when they host Northwestern State in the Ferrell Center on December the 28th. Two games in the NFL last night. Raiders beat the Browns 16-14, and the Vikings beat the Bears 17-9. Week 15 in the NFL wraps up tonight with two more games, Seahawks at the Rams and Washington football team at the Eagles. Both games kick off at 6 o'clock. Two bowl games today. First up, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl with Kent State and Wyoming, followed by UTSA and San Diego State. 
Interstate in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Bowl kicking off at 6.30. The NHL will pause its season on Wednesday, two days before the planned Christmas break because of COVID-19. Catch the Coach Pete Fredenberg Show tonight starting at 6 o'clock on Fox Sports Central Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. What is Matt Mosley? And uh, appreciate uh, Coach Leonard, Michelle Leonard, the new uh, Baylor soccer coach, has taken over. Great to have her on. And uh, Nikki Collin coming up at 5 o'clock today. And I had a really nice, long conversation with Nikki. Bears uh, lose on a neutral court to Michigan the other day. And that's two losses. I mean, is it time to start running around and, and, and get worried? I don't think so. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's it's a new program. It's a new, uh, it's a new offense, some new defensive concepts. So it's going to take some time. And the hope is that January, February, team's going to be peaking at the right time. So let's give us, I mean, let's, let's see a couple of conference games before we get too worried. I think everything's going to be okay. And this team needs to shoot better. That's the case. And Queen Egbo, who quite honestly is a great player, great athleticism, great defender, rebounder. She's not getting it done right now. I don't know why not. I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying the effort's not there. It's just um, it's not happening. So uh, I think if, if, if Queen can get going to the same level that some other others on the team are playing, Melissa Smith, Caitlin Bicklin, Bick, Bicklin, uh, I think um, – Bickle, Caitlin Bickle. I'm sorry, Aaron. I was, I was having trouble figuring that one out on the fly. Um, all right, Aaron, uh, it is time for our Campus Confidential. What's on your mind today? Jaden Rashada, one of the best quarterbacks in the next year's college football recruiting class, is already cashing in on his budding fame. He signed his first endorsement deal with a recruiting app company this week. Rashada, who wrapped up his junior season in Pittsburgh, California, as ESPN's top-rated dual-threat quarterback in next year's recruiting class, will be paid a four-figure sum to help promote the AIR app, that's Athletes in Recruitment, while some high school basketball players have signed endorsement deals in recent months. Rashada is believed to be the first high school football player to to profit from endorsements since the NCAA changed rules this summer that previously would have made Rashada ineligible to play in college if he accepted money. All right, and what are what are the financial details again? What do you think this is going to end up being like a hundred thousand dollar deal? Where where does this come down? No, no, it's only four figures, so it's, oh, it's okay. It's a small deal, but it's yeah. notable well, because it. yeah, first yeah. high school football player that 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 they know you. of that's that's got a name, image, and likeness yeah. deal. So well, far. I mean, the thing is, certain states have. Uh, deals that are a little bit easier for for players than others and i believe you said he was from california that's a weird i've never heard of pittsburgh california that sounds strange but anyway um i i think that's a uh, i think that's going to be an interesting thing will great young high school players end up moving to to places like uh, img in florida or places in california if they could make a lot more money the answer is probably yes, absolutely. If they can afford to live out there or there's some kind of academy to go to, 
Why in the world wouldn't they? I mean, I want them to all stay in Texas, and Texas continue to be the greatest state uh, there is for uh, high school football. But um, if other states make it easier for young people to make money, then young people are going to move to those states. Will it be a mass exodus? No. No. Could we lose some of our greatest players? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely, I think that could happen. So th- that's a good one, Aaron. I- I'll, uh, we'll continue to monitor that story, okay? We'll, in fact, we'll say this is a story the Matt Mosley Show is tracking. Just a little more information on what you were talking about. California is one of five states, along with Alaska, Minnesota, New Jersey, and New York, that allow high school athletes to accept endorsement money without jeopardizing their eligibility to keep playing. There are 15 states, including Texas, that expressly prohibit high schoolers from cashing in on athletic fame, either through state law, which I believe is the case in Texas, or through their high school sports associations. The rest of the states don't have clearly defined laws or rules one way or the other. Some uh, some bowl games got a lot less interesting as players are opting out in order to get ready for the NFL draft. Brees Hall, the first unanimous All-American in Iowa State history, announced that he's declaring for the NFL draft and he will not play in the Cyclones' cheese at bowl matchup against Clemson. Hall is Mel Kuyper's top-rated running back prospect uh, this year. He rushed for almost 4,000 yards and averaged 5.5 yards per carry in three seasons in Ames. Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett will skip the Chick-fil-A Bowl. He was a Heisman finalist and first-team All-American, as was Michigan State Spartans running back Kenneth Walker, who will also skip the Chick-fil-A Bowl. He was a first-team All-American and won the Walter Camp and Doak Walker Awards. And every year we're seeing uh, more and more of the top players decide they're not going to play in the bowl games and get ready for the NFL. Yeah, and I think it becomes less and less of a big deal. I mean, my gosh, Micah Parsons, because of, I guess, was it COVID or whatever reason, you know, opted out of his senior year. Was that pre-COVID? I'm just trying to think about that. But he didn't play any in his final season at Penn State. So if a kid wants to miss the bowl game, I mean, I don't want I, I to see, um, you know, Bernard and <clears throat> Petrie ride one last time. But if they decided to opt out, I would not be mad at them at all. Now, I think where it would get really weird is if if players started opting out of the semifinal. You know, if, if in the final four, players in those games, because I, I think that would be a shock to us. The rest of it, I, I think, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. I mean, a ton of Georgia players were opting out when Baylor was in the Sugar Bowl 2019. Let's not act like, oh, my gosh, New Year's Six Bowl, somebody opted out to get ready for the draft. no. I mean, it just happens. Now, Fromm played, but and the Swift, I think, wanted to play, actually, but I think he was a little bit banged up and maybe didn't, you know, who knows. I'm trying to think. If, I think Swift was held out of that game for Georgia, but a couple of their linemen that were first-round picks were held out of that game. Um, I do think that Elijah uh, Jerry might have sat out that game. The guy's a pretty good player now for uh, the Giants, however you say his name, uh, Ula Jari. I think is how you say or Ola Jory. Jory, Jory. <laughs> um, all right, and Aaron, let me ask you this question. I think it's an important question. Can you play the Chick-fil-A Bowl on a Sunday? <laughs> a good question. Okay. I'm just wondering, like, if it fell on a Sunday, what would the Chick-fil-A officials do? It would be like, well, 
I mean, wouldn't it be a little bit hypocritical to not open on Sundays? Which I've, you know, again, I've got no problem with them making that decision. Other than sometimes I want some nuggets on Sundays on the on the Sabbath. You know, I'm saying I like to dip some chicken in them in some of that sauce they have, some of that Polynesian sauce. I'd like to do that on the Sabbath, but they don't make that available. Would they play that bowl on the Sabbath if ESPN or whoever told them to? I don't. I don't guess we have the answer to that. Yeah, um, yeah. won't have to worry about it. It's on Thursday this year. But okay, interesting yeah. question. I think it's probably in the contract that it doesn't play on Sunday. You know, I, the I uh, our our new BYU friends will not. Uh, they won't play on the Sabbath. Right. They will not play on Sunday. So. I would say if if they're particularly good one year, you find a way to get the game scheduled on a Sunday. <laughs> okay, Aaron, I can tell you're focused on the next story. What, no, else, no, what, what else do you what else do you have for us? The NCAA Board of Governors last week unanimously agreed to accept the final recommendations from its Constitution Committee, moving the organization another step closer to a new constitution to govern college sports. Oh, man, always on top that, of things, aren't they? <laughs> nothing gets me more exciting than the possibility of a new constitution well, from the NCAA. I mean, I, I want a picture of this thing. This will be bigger than what they did at the Continental Congress back in the day when they all met. Was it Philadelphia? Remember, Philadelphia was like the nation's capital for about like five days or maybe a year or two. Then they got that thing to D.C. pretty quickly. But, uh, yeah, yeah, wouldn't that be something, uh, the, a new constitution? Uh, Aaron, when, when is that going to come to fruition, did you say? Uh, they haven't set a timetable. The biggest change, though, is to the great extent, uh, quote, to the greatest extent possible, they are, that uh, they will ensure that any imposed penalties don't punish program or athletes who are not involved or implicated in the infraction, something that should have been done probably 20, 30 years ago. Well, then then move faster. Yeah. I no, mean, you're that, getting these things done like five and ten years after the stuff happened. The only time, they, you know, they did the thing to Penn State, and they thought, oh, okay, we're going to get Penn State. Well, by the time they did it, most of the players were already gone. And, and by the way, the players weren't even the problem. I mean, they pun- they tried to punish the program for something that some horrific, you know, the coaches, and they covered up for – you know, sexual crimes, and they had a molester defensive coach that they let hang around forever. Um, so, anyway, it, it's just sickening to think back on all that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it's a pretty easy fix. You know, just don't punish the people. But the problem is by the time they get these things educa- you know, adjudicated, uh, everybody's long gone. Mm-hmm. Yep, so... Uh... Anyway, once again, the NCAA just right on top of everything, which is another no. reason why they more than likely won't be around about five years from now. Or if they are, I mean, they won't be anything near what they are. I think it's headed towards that, especially when when they negotiate the new football contract in 2025 and probably expand the playoffs. Don't you think that's probably about it for the NCAA? I mean, there's still basketball, but they can always wait till those rights expire and negotiate their own like they, they're doing with football yeah i mean there there is some thought that they would always need a governing a governing body uh to oversee some of this could it end up looking a lot different you bet and i i think uh, 
our own President Livingstone is uh, involved in this and is looking at this and is on one of these huge committees and has been before Congress and all that. So, I mean, if anybody can help straighten this thing out, it's it's uh, it's President Livingstone. But I I don't I don't know. I I think uh, you're right. I think the NCAA has become a a very weakened organization that really only serves to sort of uh, slow things down. But but I don't know if you could operate without some sort of governing body. I, I just wish you could figure out how to make it one that was way more efficient. I mean, if you think about it, they just they just they just went after another basketball program. And who was it this time? Did you see this yesterday, Aaron? It was like not you know what they did at Oklahoma State. They banned them for a uh, postseason. On whatever group they went after this last time, they just said, no, no, you're fine. We're not going to ban you on the postseason. So I I would say, you know, as the punishments become less and less. NC State. Yeah, NC State. Well, that goes all the way back to, like, whatever that guy's name was, Gottfried or whatever. Well, that that was like four years ago. Four or five years ago, that stuff was happening. So. It's so strange. They're going to hit him with a one-year show cause. NC State is not going to get hit with any more, you know, postseason bans. And they're not usually that great anyway. They're actually good at women's basketball. Men's basketball, they're kind of, eh, blah. But uh, anyway, no, I don't trust the NCAA. And I wish they could come up with something different. I just don't know what that will be. Well, and you mentioned Oklahoma State. They self-reported their violations, and they fixed everything really quickly. And the NCAA still hit them pretty hard, harder than a lot of uh, programs that had worse violations. And basically Oklahoma State said afterwards, you're, basic, you're, you're saying to everyone, don't cooperate because it doesn't matter or it doesn't get you, it doesn't help you any, which it obviously didn't with them yeah. because uh, they got some pretty severe penalties compared to uh, what some other schools have gotten lately. Although, you know, on the Baylor scandal, I got to say, they Baylor did cooperate and do everything in it, you know, possible to get get all the proper information and let them know all that they had done and and Baylor did not get hit with serious punishment. Now, a lot of that was sort of on a technicality of the way um, the way the 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 bylaws are set up that that helped Baylor in that instance, but uh, but I yeah, I find it uh, I find all this stuff fascinating. But we'll uh, we'll continue to monitor all this. I just think the NCAA, you have to restructure it. We'll see where it goes from here. It is the uh, Matt Mosley Show. Aaron Sexton alongside a uh, excellent uh, edition of Campus Confidential. And we'll continue to kind of catch you up on all the things. We did have Michelle Leonard earlier today. We have tweeted that out. If you want to find that on social media, we'll have that on all our different platforms and you can listen to that in case you missed Baylor's new soccer coach join us earlier in the program. Next, it is our weekly visit with Baylor women's basketball coach Nikki Collin. Stay tuned. Baylor Bear Basketball with Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Baylor Basketball back in action in the Farrell Center Tuesday, December 28th, hosting Northwestern State. 7 p.m. tip-off, December 28th. Baylor men's basketball, all season long, here on the home of the defending Big 12 and national champions, ESPN Central Texas.
Enjoy one-of-a-kind luxury and lounge at the Baylor Club, located in the heart of McLean Stadium. This elite club offers a five-star member atmosphere for all your work and play needs with a master culinary team and outstanding hospitality. Weddings, milestones, business, and birthdays, a stadium roaring with bear spirit featuring stunning city skyline views. Baylor Club truly has it all. For interest in membership or your next private event, call 254-710-8080. When it comes to me and my money, I know the way it should be. I need a partner I can count on. That's Genco and me. Genco has extended their offer till the end of the year. Refinance your vehicle today at Genco with rates as low as 1.69% for 48 months. And have 90 days of no payments. Refinancing can lower your payment. So you pay less for your car. Apply online and get an additional 0.1% off our already low rate. You can't pass on rates this low and make no payments for 90 days. For more information, go to GencoFCU.org. Annual percentage rate subject to change without notice. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies. NCUA, equal housing lender. They're people I trust. They treat me like family. My money, my future, my credit union. Genco. ESPN Central Texas is 1660 AM. 92.3 FM and 100.9 FM. Since 2009, Dr. Philip Myatt in Waco Heart and Vascular has specialized in the treatment of diseases and disorders that affect the heart and its associated blood vessels. The doctors and staff at Waco Heart and Vascular are committed to giving Central Texans quality care in a timely and compassionate manner, treating patients the same way they would treat a member of their own family. They carefully explain treatment options to patients so they understand and trust the prescribed course of care. They come to you in your hometown so you can see them locally. Waco Heart and Vascular, two. 254235 well since 1943 pioneer steel and pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe ranging from one half inch to 24 inch in diameter they can handle all your fencing needs they also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs if you need purlin tubing beams weld plates h braces fence posts culverts or metal building supplies pioneer steel and pipe has the largest inventory of those products in central texas pioneer steel and pipe with locations in Waco and Brian and at pioneerboys.com. I'm Joe Kaleo. At Kaleo Wealth Management Group, we believe a sound financial plan always starts by developing a good relationship with each client. We'd like the opportunity to build a relationship with you and help begin charting your path toward your financial goals. Dream big. We'll listen. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. Presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Myatt Fuels, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is Nikki Collins' weekly appearance on the Matt Mosley Show, ESP in Central Texas, and uh, uh, the uh, Baylor women uh, returning. And, and before we uh, get into the game the other day, the overtime loss uh, to Michigan, 
Coach, uh, some breaking news this morning that your next game, which I believe was December 29th, has been canceled due to COVID. Now, it appears to be, obviously, uh, with Houston Baptist, uh, maybe some COVID issues in, in that particular program. Um, what uh, <laughs> I, I guess you just got in from recruiting. You get this news, and now you got to find a replacement game. How is that process going? Yeah, we've got uh, a couple potential options at this point. Um, you know, I, I think we're just going to see – um, more and more of this, honestly. Like, I, I just, I firmly believe I, I retweeted, you know, something that Howard Medgill had shared that Jeff Walls had said. But like, how how can you start to penalize teams that are that are going to get COVID and they've they've been vaccinated? Like, you, there's really no control. Um, and so, you know, I know like going into Big 12 play, if you don't have enough play, um, it's a forfeit now. But I think, you know, in the midst of of the new variant and the likelihood that vaccinated, unvaccinated, everyone, you know, this is going to sweep through. Um, you know, I just, I think there needs to be, this, this is something that's going to have to be looked at again because teams and, and humans aren't going to have control of, of getting and not getting this. So, um, so I think we're going to see more and more of this. Um, we, we've got a potential, a couple of potential options for replacing it. Um, but it's likely that, you know, in our program as well. I mean, we were down a player at Michigan and and lucky that that was you know we were just in a, a one person situation yeah I, I was curious the NFL the one thing about the difference between an unvaccinated and a vaccinated player is a vaccinated player who gets it can get back a lot quicker because you just have to have the two tests uh the two negatives and so you can see somebody get it you know like on a Tuesday and almost be back by a Sunday or I said get it you know what I'm saying uh test positive right. for it uh do you as you understand y'all's protocol is it similar can a vaccinated player uh return much quick quicker than an unvaccinated player not necessarily no I think once once in our protocol I I, I believe once you test positive you go through the same you know, kind of isolation perspective, um, you know, because you, you still you still have the virus, you know, regardless. Um, so, you know, and obviously, you know, we're, we'll always be ultra careful and make sure there are no heart issues, make sure, you know, so, you know, at, at this point to me, I think return to play, um, you know, is, is it, it takes about two weeks, you know, and that's assuming you, you're not super symptomatic, you know, and you can get kind of a, a return to play where, you know, you get through the isolation, you then get through kind of the testing to make sure that there, there are no significant issues as you raise your heart rate, um, mm -hmm. all, all of that. So, um, you know, we're, we're working, you know, quite frankly, I know they're 18 years old and adults, but, you know, there's still different liability and responsibility that I think we take on in college sports. So, um, no, I, I'm, I'm not aware. I mean, Certainly, you can maybe try to test someone, but, you know, it, what if you're not negative after five days? <laughs> you know, if yeah, you tested positive, yeah. there's no reason to know whether you're going to test negative in five days or 15 days, you know, technically. Yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, they should just, it seems like to me, the logical thing would be, though, if they were vaccinated, that they could do, they could test them quickly and back-to-back um, and -back days. But like you say, this may be kind of the... Uh, the the new world we're living in under sort of the old protocols that they had. And so that'll be interesting. And I, I would say not to belabor the point, but I mean, you know, we talked about how for games that your points, the way you, the, the minute you divvy up, you know, works out pretty well. You've got strong, you know, pretty much uh, top seven players that you use. And so, it, you know, the lack of depth doesn't really seem to be a huge issue for, for you guys, but 
the COVID makes it a different uh, conversation, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. When you talk about the wrong players, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you know, and, and I think it would be that way for anyone. I mean, there's very few teams that can take, you know, significant hits and, and really be the same, um, same team. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, there, there's, there's going to be a process hopefully over time where we realize that, you know, maybe we can hopefully get COVID to the point where enough people are vaccinated from serious illness and, and death that it, it becomes the flu, you know, no one was ever shut down for 10 days for the flu, you know, it it just, you know, if you were, if you felt well enough to play, you played. And if you didn't, you you didn't. And certainly the flu was, wasn't always has been contagious. Um, but you just kind of knew your team was going to all kind of get it about the same time and and you hope that they got over it quickly. And so, you know, I'm not suggesting that that's where the medical profession is at or telling anyone that knows a heck of a lot more about medicine than I do about it. Um, I think it's serious. I think we're still learning about it, but, um, you know, I just think until then, you know, our situation is going to be super messy. Yeah, I think you're right. What, What I hear you saying is, uh, Instead of the Michael Jordan flu game, you could have the Michael Jordan COVID game. But I don't think we're I don't think we're we're there quite yet. But uh, we're working that direction. No. Talking to uh, Nikki Collin um, on the Matt Mosley show, her weekly appearance. Okay, that game against Michigan, and I kind of gone back and, and and looked at that thing from several uh, several you know kind of thinking through it and thinking what that's going to do for you guys coming up. But um, I would say that uh, Nikki, I mean, I, I would say the positive from a game like that is. You know, it's back and forth. That's you guys throwing haymakers at each other. You're, you know, I don't think uh, y'all were shooting the ball particularly well at all. And yet, at the, I think it was the end of the third quarter. I mean, Jordan's having a horrific shooting night, but she's making a ton of free throws and and kind of getting you guys back in the game. I would say the positive of this is there. There was a moment that game looked like it was going to go the wrong direction. I mean, y'all were down by ten, and I'm thinking, oh man, what, what's going to happen here? And you kind of. I thought that was a gritty way of getting back in the game. Are you able to look at it from that angle and see some of the positives that came out of it? You know, honestly, like I, I take coaches are um, all the same and all a little different. I mean, I, I look at the game in a, in a lot of different perspectives. One, um, pure disappointment, you know, that we didn't play better, um, that we were highly prepared, that we made some mistakes that we shouldn't have made with the amount of time that we had to prepare. And, and so that that, you know, that's one of those things that is on me. Um, you know, I think about, you know, geez, I, I should have, and this is just how I operate. I'm always mm-hmm. like, I should have been more aggressive um, getting the ball out of Leah Brown's hands, you know, when the game was on the line late, I think we did. I think we were trying um, to get them more an aggressive ball screen defense on her, but, you know, she single handedly kind of um, a little bit willed them to victory. I felt like, and so, mm-hmm. You know, you, you take a lot of things away individually as a coach. Like, on the other hand, if you'd have told me, you know, we had a chance in regulation, um, you know, with arguably the best player in the country, the ball in her hands, um, five feet from the basket, you know, I would have told you that was pretty good. You know, if, if you'd have told me we could hold Nas Hillman to six for 19 from the field, and, and one of those was a breakdown in, in our 1-3-1 our press where it was uncontested, nobody there. That was one of her baskets. You know, I would have told you, we had a, you know, I, I was pretty proud of our – our effort, you know, I thought Kate especially did an amazing job of, of taking away, you know, what she's good at and making her life difficult. Um, 
But, you know, yeah, I mean, I think Jordan needed to shoot it better for us to win. Jordan or Jamie. Jamie, if she knocks down one of those wide-open threes, I mean, you think about the difference in the game might have been Maddie Nolan's three in the backside corner, her only basket mm-hmm. of the game, you know, yeah. and she's she's kind of that kid for them that's, that's a spot-up shooter. And I think, you know, Jamie had opportunities to knock those type of shots down. I thought we had some bad turnovers. I thought, you know, sometimes we try so hard um, to get the ball to, to Melissa um, that we don't make the easy and the right play because we want to get her the ball. And so we have to do a better job of understanding, like, yeah, we want her to take the most shots on our team, but, you know, if Sarah's open for three in the second quarter, she needs the ball, you know? Yeah. like And so, you know, proud of Sarah, especially late. Like, I don't think um, she was having her best game and then all of a sudden buries a couple shots late, hits a yeah. jump shot, hits two threes. Like, that kid's just learning to play in those moments. I mean – in an overtime game against Michigan a year ago, Sarah Andrews doesn't go in the game. And so for her to play, the number of minutes she played to hit shots late, um, I just, you know, for me, I feel like, you know, every game's an opportunity. And if you're, if you're willing, if you're willing to look back and say, this is what we did well, we've got to continue to do this better. Um, this is what we didn't do well. Yeah. You know, we have got to be better at this or that. And, you know, I, I think that you can always push forward. You know, I think there's a there's a lot of takeaways from that game. And, it, you know, if, if if you're willing as a player to look in the mirror and say, okay, here's what I have to do. Here's what I want to get better at. You know, my challenge to them was, you know, we, we've got we've got this break now. We've got more time to get in the gym. Um, you know, there's some things that we need to shore up. There's some individual skills um, that we've got to work on and focus on and not get bored by doing the small things because – the small things add up to the big things and the big thing is, is winning when it matters, you know, in March and April. And so, you know, the worst part about the loss in all honesty is like taking it into the break, you know, as a coach, as a player, like mm-hmm. that, that's mm-hmm. the worst, like that's the worst part about that loss. Yeah. Cause you're right. You got to sit on it for a little while, it, but it could, you know, maybe it burns and maybe, you know, different people uh, kind of let, absorb these things differently. You know, the one, that one shot you're talking about with Sarah, it's 66-62, I believe, and she cuts it to one with that shot in the corner and uh, was a big shot. And the other one you were talking about for the Michigan player, you're right. I mean, you know, had his quarter game, gets one from that lower corner and uh, and bangs it in. Uh, and so that was a yeah, and that was a big that was a big moment for them. I I don't know what it is about you encountering these big guards. It seems like every time out, maybe that's just the sign of the times in women's college basketball. But um, I think that I think she's six one or six two. Who you were just talking about, Leah Brown. And while Hillman may get most of the attention for that team in that particular game, Brown, you know, appeared to be by far the better player. So uh, that was really well, interesting. Well, what she is is she she's the she was the mismatch for us. I mean, yeah, she yeah. was. And you know, we. I mean, look, look. You you can look at my recruiting class and say there's there's a reason why we as a staff went out and got signed some big guards, a six foot two guard. Um, huh. two six foot one slash two you know three four players you know like it's you, you gotta you gotta be able to match that at times and if, if you don't you have to take advantage of it at the other end and what we didn't do a good enough job of was as good a, as Leah Brown is offensively um, she can and should not be able to guard our guards off the bounce you know and so you know we didn't we didn't take advantage of that um, as much as I would have liked to, as much as we practiced as, you know, and so, you know, if you have a disadvantage at one end, you, you got to try to like offset that at the other end. And I think that's, that's going to be us all year, you know, regardless, most of the opponents we play are going to be at least bigger at one of their guard spots 
um, than we are. So, you know, and, and we don't have the ability um, to really do anything about that other than to potentially play our three bigs together, yeah. um, which, which we've started to practice. But, you know, when you're trying to, when you're trying to teach new stuff, I mean, it, it's hard enough to get, you know, all these guys to really understand one or two positions. And then all of a sudden you're saying, oh, no, Kate, you got to learn three. Now, is she capable? Yes. But it's not like that kid spent a lot of time at the guard spot, you know, in her career. In fact, yeah. none. You know, so it's still it's still a process, you know, that that may be a part of the solution for us, you know, long yeah. term. Well, you know, talking to Nikki Kyle in her weekly appearance on the Matt Mosley show, you know, college basketball, both men's and women's, sometimes does become a little bit more positionless. So, like you say, getting Kate to a spot, I mean, she's one of your best spot up shooters and, and the thing is, I mean, you want to shoot the three ball. And, and and for whatever reason, it's not it just hasn't been falling so far like you want it to this year. Um, what's going on with uh, Queen in your mind? Uh, the minutes have been down. The I mean, you challenged her because you thought she could be one of the best defensive players in the country. Yet she's just quite honestly not on the floor long enough to have that kind of impact. And then the points are down. Is um, is that a, a I mean, what, what are the uh, what, what are the biggest factors in that right now? Because it's not the production that we've seen from her even earlier in the season. Yeah, I think it's been it's been inconsistent, which I think is, you know, been always the question, you know, with her across her career, you know, has three huge games and then disappears, um, you know, still still believe in her. Just think that, um, you know, sometimes, um, you know, like I, I pulled her aside before the start of the game and felt like, Queen, you can be the X factor, you know, put my arm around her and, and you know, believe that she had a matchup that she could truly take advantage of because I knew you know, Nas was going to guard um, Melissa. Like, that's just how they'd matched up in every game so far that they played. And, you know, that and, – and she just, um, you know, fades – she was fading from the contact, um, posting up too far from the basket. Like, you know, wanting her to use her athleticism, wanting her to use her, her ability to face up. And, you know, it just it's, – it's, it's habits. It's, it's habits. You know, she's a player that, you know, her whole career has been run down and post and – and, uh, you know, just encouraging her, like, hey, like, get a get a screen and roll. Like, instead of running the post, you know, run and screen. Like, screen, get something behind the D, um, you know, where you're not playing through or over somebody. Get yourself going. Get yourself to the foul line. Like, give yourself a chance to make an easy play. And, and quite frankly, like, it sometimes comes down to coaches playing the analytics. Like, when I look at the analytics, you know, we have been a better team. Um you know, with, with her and Melissa on the floor together. Now, I want to change that. That's not a, hey, this is this is the way it's going to be. This is the way. Like, I just think the light switch has to go on, you know. And, and it, at times it goes on, and then, but it's got to stay on, you know. And I, I firmly believe in that kid. I think, you know, she, she, for us to be the best we can be, we got to get the best version of her. And, you know, I'm working to push those buttons, you know, like I'm, um, and I'm I'm not going to quit trying. There's there's no question that that I know how important she can be. But you know some of that comes down to her you know being productive in her touches and her you know going and saying like I'm the best athlete on the floor. Like you know I'm going to go get an offensive rebound. I'm going to go do something that my team needs because you know we're not making a shot. And and I think she sometimes is an overthinker, you know and. Um, you know, needs to get out of her own head. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm just – I'm going to keep challenging her. I'm going to keep believing in her. I'm, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I still think she can be, um, you know, what 
<laughs> you know, I mean, your goal as a coach is just to get the best that you can get out of everybody. And I said from the beginning, she's a kid that I wish I'd have gotten sooner just because, you know, I would have loved to have molded her um, to really use her athleticism and understand where and how to use it. And I think, you know, at times you see it and you just see these amazing glimpses and then, um, you know, but, you know, with, with, with Melissa on the floor, like, you know, you just know she's going to finish, finish plays. And I think that that's the question with queen. Is she going to finish, you know, is she going to finish plays and yeah. um, she can, yeah. she's more than capable, you know, but it's, 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 it's mindset, you know, and it goes back to sometimes like, you know, your the mind is still your most powerful tool. Yeah. And you're in a, an odd spot. Cause if like you wanted to bench somebody, you know, it's kind of a tough, it's kind of a tough time <laughs> to, <laughs> to do it. And I'm not, but, you know, I'm not even <laughs> wired that way. Like, honestly, like I'm not, I'm not wired to bench people. Like it's not yeah. now. Do I think that, that for some players that that works for, um, you know, yes. I mean, but I think, um, you know, in her situation, like she's, she's too important to like try that tactic. Like I'm not, I'm not a mind games. I'm, I'm like, I'm the opposite of a mind games. Like I don't want players to be trying to figure out what mind game I'm playing with them. Mm-hmm. I want them to, you know, really understand that I'm trying to help them. I'm trying, you know, that this is, this isn't, this is never about me. You know, it's about the team. It's about helping them. And, and I'm sure, you know, she has moments where she's not happy, like, you know, with me, you know, um, but, you know, I, I told her, I've, I've told her many times, like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to keep pushing and I'm going to keep challenging. I'm going to keep coaching. And, and I think she knows that about me. Like, I think she knows, um, and, and, and still gets frustrated, I'm sure, but, but knows that, that I want things for her, um, that she wants for herself. Um, but it's still, it's still a process. And, you know, just like, I know, Jamie Asbury is a good three-point shooter, like a great three-point shooter. And she's had huge games and then games where she can't buy one, you know? And, and I just, I'm, I'm waiting for that game because I don't think we, other than we took some early threes in the game that I thought were wide open, um, but maybe a little rush just because it was early, but I thought we were kind of shot out of a cannon. Um, but then at the same time, after about three minutes, looked like we'd run a marathon because we hadn't played a game in almost two weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but we settled in and it wasn't like we were just out there firing threes. Like we had, we had inside outside balance and we just needed a couple of them to fall, you know? And I, and I think that both Jordan and Jamie are capable and it comes down to like, you know, wanting to see that game where everyone's clicking, everyone's clicking and, and you know, that it's not against an Alcorn state. It's in a game where, you know, that, that the the sticks are high and, you know, I don't, these are kids that have made, shots when the stakes are high before so you know they're capable um you know they just haven't necessarily shot it well um you know well jordan did against maryland but just didn't against um against michigan so yeah well um no pressure at all by the way but uh uconn is out of the top 10 for the first time in like uh, 20 years i think it's like 16 years now guess who has the record for for most consecutive top 10 it's So yeah, anyway, I saw, that. It, I, I saw a tweet about that, and it comes you know, with a job. Obviously, the, after when the AP poll came out, we were right on the fringe, and so yeah. you know, I think that um, you know, it's it's um, that that <laughs> that stuff matters, but in the same breath, it's like 
you know, I knew this was not going to be an easy situation. And, yeah. you know, it's it's about, for me, it's about just keeping them believing, keeping them believing we're headed in the right direction. Um, you know, knowing we're going to be better, you know, in January than we are in December and February than we are in January. And, and if I can keep that mindset right, we'll finish where we're supposed to finish, you know? And so, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure UConn feels the same way, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and as much as, you know, you can say, well, they, you know, Paige Beckers is out and this and that, yeah, which is yeah. all true. You can also look up and down their roster and say that the seven kids that they're playing, we're all McDonald's All-Americans. We're wow. all, you know, one kid was, you know, was the first team all Big Ten. Or, yeah. you know, it, it's not as if <laughs> um, they still don't have, like, great players that they're putting in the game. You know, Vina Westbrook now is playing the point, played the point for two years at Tennessee and was a top five recruit coming out of high school. Like, it's not like they replaced her. Um, you know, with a walk-on. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, but, but they have to learn to play without her because, yeah. you know, as much as UConn moves the basketball so well and their offense can very be very poetry-like at times, you know, Paige is at the center of all of that. And so you, you eliminate someone like that and it takes time and, and you just don't know how much of the outside noise is affecting those guys, you know? Like, I'm sure they're trying not to let it affect them, but, you know, when, when people start counting you out, you can you can either believe them or you can, you know, just just rally from the inside, which is all that ever matters. Like yeah. if the people in the huddle believe you're good enough to win, then then yeah. you can go out and win. You know, well, the uh, the funny thing is, what if we yearn for a lot of us in, uh, in in women's college basketball, you know, for like more parity and, and for for the same people not to always be dominant. And here it is. And we're kind of like, wait, wait, we. We really need the traditional powers to stay to yeah, stay where right. they are. So it's kind of funny how these things that we want to happen when they happen, it's kind of like, ooh, this is weird. But um, but the Bears will, uh, like you say, I think uh, I think the best is yet to come, and and uh, it's only going to get better. And uh, and you know that was exciting to see the lottery and the Mystics. Now we'll see where they pick and all that. But uh, I've kept you long enough. You've had a uh, you've had a crazy journey. Uh, you had to get some recruiting in while you were out. So. Uh, glad you're uh, glad you made it back safely, and uh, look forward to uh, uh, talking to you soon. And we'll figure out whoever you're going to play on the 29th. But uh, have a merry Christmas and and, and enjoy some uh, uh, some well earned time with the family. Awesome, thanks, Matt. You too. You bet. There she goes, Nikki Collin, uh, the uh, coach of the uh, of the Baylor women, the number ten uh, Baylor women. And uh, next, we get into a little recruiting, some interesting portal news coming through that is next dr rao ali has been helping central texans at hill regional hospital in hillsborough with necks backs arms and really any part of the body that aches call dr rao ali 469-562-4188 now time for a cowboys update Hey everyone, with today's Cowboys report, I'm Christy Scales. You'll hear from the cornerback who has double digits in interceptions this season, Trayvon Diggs, right after this. What does it mean to be a part of Cowboys Nation? At Reliant, it means powering the home of the Dallas Cowboys and homes of Cowboys fans across Texas and helping out when needed most. As an electricity provider, it's our commitment to every customer and their family. And it's as strong as our Texas roots. It's our promise today and for generations to come. Reliant, proud to be the official energy provider of the Dallas Cowboys. PUCT number 10007. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. 
for turning your living room into your office and your gym, for teaching Grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs recorded his 10th interception Sunday at New York, which leaves him just one shy of the team's single-season record of 11 set by Everson Walls. Hitting double digits and picks has forced Diggs to reassess his goals for the season. I kind of just set it before the season and just let it do what it do, but got to set new goals. <laughs> I'm going to set another one. But, you know, as long as I come to work, come ready to play, you know, the sky's the limit. Yesterday, assistant special teams coordinator Matt Daniels was placed in COVID protocols. That's in addition to two defensive linemen, Tristan Hill and Osa Adigizua, who were placed in protocol Saturday and missed Sunday's win in New York. As a precaution against further spread, Coach McCarthy said the team will conduct meetings virtually this week. With the boys at the Star, I'm Christy Scales. If you suffer from chronic pain, whether it's neck or back, arthritis, migraines, or any part of your body, it doesn't have to be that way. Dr. Rao Ali is a board-certified pain specialist that offers his services to Central Texans from Hill Regional Hospital in Hillsboro. He can find the best treatment to help you improve daily function and increase your quality of life. Call Dr. Rao Ali for an appointment, 469-562-4188. That number again, 469-562-4188. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. The perfect gift for that special someone on your Christmas list can be found at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They are your one-stop for rustic furniture for both home and office, saddles for adults and children, gold and silver jewelry, cowhides for area rugs and decorations, and guns from brand names Smith & Wesson, Bursa, Glock, and Ruger. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118 to 22462. Merry Christmas from Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, and on Facebook. This weather update is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. Since 1949, Texans have secured their insurance needs through the Nitsche Group. Learn more at thenitschegroup.com. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly clear skies tonight with some patchy fog developing overnight. Low temperatures fall to 36 degrees. Tomorrow, areas of fog in the morning, and some of this may be dense, so easy on the roads. Then becoming mostly sunny, a high of 70, and mostly sunny, warmer on Thursday in 76. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Baylor basketball improves to 11-0 after a win over Alcorn State 94-57. The Bears will be off until after Christmas when they host Northwestern State in the Ferrell Center on December the 28th. Two games in the NFL last night. Raiders beat the Browns 16-14 and the Vikings beat the Bears 17-9. Week 15 in the NFL wraps up tonight with two more games. Seahawks at the Rams and Washington football team at the Eagles. Both games kick off at 6 o'clock. Two bowl games today. First up, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl with Kent State and Wyoming, followed by UTSA and San Diego State in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Bowl kicking off at 6.30. The NHL will pause its season on Wednesday, two days before the planned Christmas break because of COVID-19. Catch the Coach Pete Fredenberg show tonight starting at 6 o'clock on Fox Sports Central Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. 
Matt Mosley show. Good to hear from Nikki Collin. And uh, Bears uh, now number 10 in the country. And Aaron, the uh, UConn team, for the first time in 16 years, they're outside of the top 10. We had that story yesterday. They fell to uh, number 11. And so pretty, uh, pretty amazing when you think about that run. Um, to do that for like you know some kind of insane like 300 straight weeks or whatever. Now it's Baylor's turn. Baylor's had a lot of weeks in that top 10, and they uh, they've had the longest current streak going. So we'll see where this thing goes, and uh, they'll have a, a pretty tough conference schedule coming up. Their 29th game against Houston Baptist has been um, has been canceled. Some COVID uh, uh, situation with uh, that team from uh, Houston Baptist. And so the Bears uh, will have to see, you know, if they can find a replacement game there. I don't know. Maybe people should be signing up to play them right now. They're a little bit, uh, they, you know, they're not totally looking like themselves. So I don't know. if uh, I still think it'll be tough to, unless a team's just like, yeah, we'll show up and get a paycheck. I was watching that game last night, Aaron, <coughs> in Alcorn State. They had some good athletes. I mean, they had some pretty good players as far as, uh, Offensively, they couldn't stop Baylor at all. It was about 51 to 30 at halftime. As somebody said, the 30 points they had at halftime were six short of what Villanova had for the whole game <coughs> against Baylor. So when I looked at what Alcorn State's record was during the game, when they were 1-9, and, and you just realize that some of those programs, I mean, they, they try to make up their entire athletic budget just on their non-conference games. And I bet if we looked at Alcorn State's record, they played University of Texas, probably played Tech, probably played A&M. I mean, you know, you just, they just went on a, a tour of all those Texas schools, I would imagine, and uh, maybe even a couple of Louisiana schools, and they got, you know, beat up. They're not playing games to get some wins. They're playing games to make some money for their athletic program. And it's hard to blame them. Hard to blame them. If uh, if your athletic program is already operating on a small budget, then why not go out and make some money? And occasionally, though, some of those teams will go on the road. It happened a few years ago. I think SFA might have done it to Duke, if I recall. But some of those teams will go on the road and, and win, and that's when it gets really, really interesting. All right, we've got some uh, we've got some uh, COVID stuff going in the NFL, and because of that. The Washington football team and the Eagles are going to square off tonight at 6 o'clock, as uh, Aaron was talking about it. Uh, that That's going to be a – it's not really a doubleheader. They're playing both games at the same time. I don't know why they don't space it out. I'd like to see both these games. The uh, Washington football team and the Eagles, <coughs> that game will be in Philly, and that's going to happen at uh, 6 o'clock p.m. Central time for us. And then uh, Seahawks and Rams also at 6 o'clock. Both these games at Fox, I would imagine they'll probably use, I don't know, because usually Joe and Troy have to do a game on Thursday night. I don't know if they'll lean on them for a Tuesday night game. So they'll get a couple of their crews out there and do these two 6 o'clock games. The good news is we have NFL football to watch tonight. Now, Washington football team has to start the newly signed quarterback, Garrett Gilbert. Cowboys started him against uh, the uh, Steelers a year ago, and actually he went out there and played pretty well. 
<coughs> not going to have any real time to have learned their offense. They were hoping they could possibly get uh, t- Taylor Heineke, their starting quarterback, and perhaps the backup Kyle Allen, but they remained on the reserve COVID-19 list. They tried to test them to see if they could get them back. They tested positively, or they tested positive on that, and so that's not going to work out for them. So Washington instead will start Garrett Gilbert. He signed with the team Friday off New England's practice squad, so he's not doesn't have a lot of time there. Kyle Shermer, a second-year player who has not appeared in an NFL game, will serve as the primary backup in this game. Washington in Philadelphia trail the New Orleans Saints and, and Vikings for the NFC seventh and, and final playoff spot. Uh, but but again, you know, a win for either team gets them to 500 and puts them right there with the Saints and the Vikings. So there's no telling, you know, what could happen. Um, the uh, Gilbert, by the way, was a draft six round draft pick for the Rams back in 2014. So that'll be interesting. He started one game for the Cowboys, as I mentioned last year, went 21 to 38. Uh, for one touchdown, one interception, I actually thought he played pretty well in that game, as I recall. Played about as well as uh, Dak Prescott has been playing recently. Cowboys, uh, speaking of COVID, have lost their defensive line coach to COVID protocols. Still missing a couple of coaches. Their assistant special teams coach is out. And they don't have Odigazua is out, as well as Tristan Hill. And they're, with, they're out with COVID protocol, so obviously it doesn't look great that they're going to be able to get back by Sunday night. A reminder, that's a late night. Uh, I say it's a late night. It's just a night game. And that's going to be a 7-15 central kickoff. Uh, Cowboys in Washington football team, that game can be heard on ESPN Central Texas. Why is that weird for the Washington football team? Well, it's really tough to ask them to a previously scheduled game on a Sunday, and they're going to push that game back to a Tuesday, and they got to turn around, play that game on the road. And again, it's not far; it's right down the eastern seaboard. But you got to you got to play that game at Philly, and then you got to take you got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You got to fly Saturday, and you got to get to Cowboys and play that night. So, <clears throat> the Friday would would normally not be. A big practice day. You just kind of have what's mainly a glorified walkthrough. You you can't you can't practice the day after a game, so you literally get one practice. Your your one practice is a Thursday with kind of a half practice on Friday. Then you're getting on a plane and you're flying to play the Cowboys. Now, is anybody going to feel sorry for the Washington football team? Probably not. But it seems unfair. I mean, I don't sit around you know worrying about Dan Snyder. I mean, I want I want uh, Dan Snyder to get that karma he deserves after all these uh, sexual harassment situation, the way he's treated people. Uh, I I think he deserves all the uh, negative things he could get. But for their players, I don't want that. I think it's I think it's unfair. I know the cow. I know we got uh, tons of Cowboys fans, but I mean, I I would prefer some somewhat of a fair fight. And the Cowboys getting to play on Sunday and sit at home now waiting for them to get here after they play on the road on a Tuesday night is just not, you know, the NFL is not doing things in a fair manner. What they're trying to do is jam as many games as they can and try to get this season in. What they're not going to do 
is something that you've seen the NBA do more of lately, postpone games, you know, do this and that. The only postponing they're doing is to push games back a day or two. Now, they said before the season they wouldn't do that and that a team might have to forfeit or a team might have to do this and look at them, Aaron. They're absolutely doing that. They, they said they were not going to do this, and they would find a way to play these games if they had to, and here they are just a few, a couple of months after making these rules, absolutely bending their own rules to get these games in. And I would, I would bet money that they're going to push the Chiefs game back. You've got the leaders in the AFC, who right now would have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, missing about half their team, including their top two offensive players besides Pat, Pat Mahomes. I, I just I think that you can expect to see the Chiefs play on either Monday or Tuesday next week and not on Sunday. Wow. I think you're right. I think the, I think the league kind of looks and goes, well, what do we do to these premier teams in the league? Oh, Washington, the Washington football team has caused us a lot of trouble, and they have this uh, punk owner. Yeah, let's do this to them. I mean, I you know that's that's kind of what the way it goes. Washington still has sixteen players and seven assistant coaches on the reserve COVID nineteen list, though all three coordinators remain available. Washington had twenty three players on the list, prompting the NFL to move the game from Sunday. Heineke was placed on the list four days ago. He would not have played had the game remained on Sunday. And he's not going to play anyway because he's not ready to go. Okay, I'm speaking of COVID, my gosh, you may have to put me on the list as well. I'm going to go get checked out, though. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to ask for a bunch of tests. We're running low on honey in our country and low on COVID tests. And I'm running low on a cough button. They can't really ever locate. Let me try this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act like I'm coughing. Oh, okay. See, I just did it. I turned off the mic. Okay. I just need to do that when I actually sneeze. All right. It is the Matt Mosley Show. Aaron Sexton alongside. Next, we get you caught up on a little uh, Baylor. I did get to uh, – I got to watch that game last night, and I wanted to comment on some issues I see and some really good things I see. Uh, Baylor men. We'll talk it next. The Cowboy Report, weekdays at 8, 10 a.m. and 5, 10 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. It's time now for today's Baylor Sports Beat, your daily dose of green and gold. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Everybody, it's time for a check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, top-ranked Baylor men's basketball remains undefeated on the season with a dominating win over Alcorn State. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Alan Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. 
Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Want to be a part of all things Baylor Athletics? Join the Baylor Cub Club presented by Green Eye Associates today. Free registration for the 2021-22 season is available now for kids 8th grade and under. Members receive discounted admission to select Baylor Athletics events and other great promotional items. Register at BaylorCubClub.com or email fan underscore engagement at Baylor.edu for additional information. Show off your Baylor pride and become a Cub Club member today. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. And welcome back. Baylor basketball, the top-ranked team in the nation, ran their record to 11-0 last night with a dominating 94-57 win over Alcorn State. The Bears had five players in double-figure scoring, including career-high scoring nights by both Flo Thamba and Jonathan Chumwa Chachua, The Bears had 29 assists and only 11 turnovers in the win after the game, head coach Scott Drew. Coming into the game, I mean, uh, uh, we knew that at some point if we could get separation, then obviously that would would favor us. But uh, uh, several games uh, like Houston, it's it's 16-9. Wichita State, I think uh, uh, Tulsa 16-9 with uh, nine minutes to go in the half. So uh, pressing, and uh, we gave up a couple easies. But at the same time, we were able to get the tempo going fast enough where we could get separation where then then at least they played a little faster. And uh, you don't want to go into Christmas sweating one out, I can tell you that. You want to you you have everybody feel good and uh, to score 94 points uh, and to have 29 assists and only 11 turnovers is outstanding. Um, coaches going into the – and then second half, we did a much better job of not gambling, just protecting and, and lowering that defensive field goal, which is what we, what we normally do. So, But, again, going into the last game before Christmas, coaches are always nervous because a couple – things one you want players to always uh, uh, end on a win and play well so they go home feeling good about themselves and uh, coaches uh, uh, they get more nervous on that game probably than uh, maybe the first game of the year and Christmas break uh, and, and then obviously no one wants to have the last one Scott Drew and the Bears now 11 and 0 on the season offer a Christmas break they'll be back in action on Tuesday December 28th in the Farrell Center hosting Northwestern State and that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. Your home for Baylor women's basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Are you ready to jump into a career with a local Fortune 500 company? Sherwin Williams has warehouse opportunities available with starting pay at over $20 per hour and regional CDL driving opportunities with pay averaging $84,000 annually. Sherwin Williams offers competitive benefits including medical, dental, vision, life insurance, 401k, and pension. Apply online at careers.sherwin.com. That's careers.sherwin.com. Or call 254-523-9500. 
Don't let pain and sports injuries keep you on the sidelines. Talk with a specialist at Ascension Medical Group Providence Orthopedic and Sports Medicine. You'll discover personalized orthopedic care for kids and adults from minimally invasive to advanced surgical options and the support of physical therapy during recovery. Our doctors and care teams listen to understand you and deliver the care that's right for you at every step. Request an appointment at ascension.org slash Providence TX Sports Med. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Baylor basketball improves to 11-0 after a win over Alcorn State 94-57. The Bears will be off until after Christmas when they host Northwestern State in the Farrell Center on December the 28th. Two games in the NFL last night. Raiders beat the Browns 16-14 and the Vikings beat the Bears 17-9. Week 15 in the NFL wraps up tonight with two more games. Seahawks at the Rams and Washington football team at the Eagles. Both games kick off at 6 o'clock. Two bowl games today. First up, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl with Kent State and Wyoming, followed by UTSA and San Diego State in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Bowl kicking off at 6.30. The NHL will pause its season on Wednesday, two days before the planned Christmas break because of COVID-19. Catch the Coach Pete Fredenberg show tonight starting at 6 o'clock on Fox Sports Central Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Everybody's jumping around listening to this in your cars. Be careful. Be careful. Don't be jumping all around as we uh, roll right through. Oh, there it is, man. Just jumping, jumping, jumping. I That used to get the kids going at the feral or uh, at, at the case, back at the case. You start playing that, that that'd get the, that'd get the youngsters going a little bit. And uh, great crowd, by the way, that recent Villanova game. Um, obviously, with all the kids headed home, the students, you're not going to have a great turnout for that Alcorn State game, but uh, still, uh, good uh, good local crowd. I saw some people sitting out there. Saw our buddy uh, Hobby Howe uh, in the crowd. It's always good to see him sitting right behind the first family of Baylor, uh, Dr. Uh, Linda Livingstone, uh, her husband Brad, and their daughter. They were all sitting together watching that game, and uh, that is, uh, it's good to see. And uh, Aaron, I don't – some folks around here might not want me to bring this up, but, uh, well, they had a little West Palm Beach uh, action. Uh, well, a little bit of a uh, – let's see what this thing's called. West, the West Palm Beach tournament. And, uh, well, here you go. The uh, it, I'm trying to see who all was involved in this thing. It's pretty good little. It's pretty good little deal here. And let's see who plays tomorrow. Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. So – Today, uh, Texas Tech and LSU were matched up. And I believe yesterday it was – I'll have to go back here and look at it all. Anyway, it was the Palm Beach Invitational. And so I looked today to kind of see what had happened there. And um, these poor Big 12 teams, they can't quite finish. They, they thought they were done with Kim. And she's already turned LSU around. And she, the uh, – the Tigers, Lady Tigers, or maybe they call them the, the women's team, uh, 74 to 60. They beat Texas Tech, 74 to 60. So uh, Texas Tech got matched up there, and um, 
They never. I don't know why Kim never has embraced the three. I always look to see, okay, is Kim, are they shooting more threes? And Aaron, I looked, and they were one for six in today's game. They just don't, for whatever reason, she has never embraced the three. But, um, and, and Texas Tech was eight for 20. I mean, you would take that every time out to eight for 20. You shoot 40% from three, and they get beat by 14. Okay? So, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Kim is getting it done and trying to look and see real quick LSU where they are ranked now. I think they're 17th in the country. All right. I um, wanted to talk just a little bit of women's basketball there. Uh, the Baylor women will be off until at least the 29th. We'll see if they get a, a makeup game because they had to call that one off because of the COVID-19 uh, protocols that Houston Baptist. The other thing I would say is I tuned in uh, and wanted to watch some of that Alcorn State game. I like what I mean. Obviously, Kendall Brown is an athletic freak. He dunks everything. He dunks over people. He plays above the rim. I mean, he's a six-seven guy. He's a true six-seven with all sorts of hops, and then occasionally he'll sit outside and shoot a three. Do I think he could become? He's not certainly not the ball handler. He's got the size of a Cade Cunningham. He doesn't have the ball handling. He's not as skilled, but he's more athletic. Like if you were going to say who's the most athletic player between Cade Cunningham and Kendall Brown, you say Kendall Brown. Now the other thing is. Sohan's pretty athletic, too. He's a more highly skilled player than Kendall Brown. Sohan can handle the ball, uh, go through traffic, and can finish as well and can shoot the three. And, oh, by the way, Jonathan Chamochachua, JTT himself, is shooting the three, and he looks comfortable. I mean, he's shooting it kind of from up, up, up at the top of the key, and he looks really comfortable. So I feel... I feel good about the way this team's headed. A little worried about uh, Cryer, but I just think that was a precautionary type deal. Let's give Cryer a long time to kind of heal up, make make sure he's okay with his foot, and see where that all is. But uh, Cryer's had a really good season, and he sat that game out. I think everything will be okay there. I don't think anybody's worried about his situation. All right, Matt Mosley's show, ESPN Central Texas. The dismount is next. Game time. Weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. They offer a great benefits package and outstanding starting pay. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. A bank in any town USA treats everyone like, well, anyone. At Central National Bank, we provide Central Texans with a different kind of banking. We believe in people over processes, listening over telling, and helping our customers over helping ourselves. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. 
Camille Johnson Realtors congratulates the Big 12 Conference football champion Baylor Bears. Camille is a proud Baylor University graduate and is a longtime supporter of her community and all the Baylor Bear athletic programs. For over 36 years, Camille has been in the real estate world and she started her own company, Camille Johnson Realtors, six years ago. Her group of 29 real estate agents are all successful, smart, and experienced, and they have helped hundreds of satisfied Central Texas buyers and sellers. Learn more at CamilleJohnson.com and go Bears! Stay close. The Dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up. Have you been tagged yet again in an engagement ring photo? Are hints being dropped all around you? Rest assured, DMRA Fine Jewelers has been rescuing men seeking the perfect ring for over 25 years. Come in with a picture of her dream ring and we'll make it a reality. With our five-year financing, custom design team, and selection of diamonds, we'll make the whole process fun and enjoyable. DMRA Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. It's time now for the dismount on the Matt Mosley Show. Oh, man, we didn't leave ourselves a lot of time for the dismount. That's okay, though. It's the dismount. That's where we kind of say goodnight, some last-minute information. <laughs> Aaron, sorry, Aaron. I'm, I'm a little verklempt. I'm struggling a little bit. I'm glad we're at the finish line tonight. We'll be back. I'm going to try to regroup. And be ready to go tomorrow. Aaron, you be ready, though, okay? I want you to prepare at least an hour's worth of information that, that only you do, okay? I'll just sit here and listen to you, okay? And occasionally maybe say a, a few words, all right? I think that's your dream, maybe uh, may, letting uh, having me just say a couple things. You being able to treat me <laughs> like I treat you. Okay, um, I thought this was a cool thing, Aaron. Good way to end the night. Tonight, Jennifer King... She's the assistant running backs coach for uh, the Washington football team. She becomes the first African-American female position coach in NFL history. Now, again, the uh, the Washington football team has all these people out with COVID, and I think their coordinators are in place, but they've got some position coaches, people, that, uh, that are out. So, really cool. I mean, it might be the first female position coach i can't remember a position female position coach unless there's something i'm missing so but but you know also let's celebrate the fact that she's african-american i'm i'm very happy for that too so i'm seeing a picture of her she's preparing for the game she's got her washington football team sweats and everything on she's ready to coach those running backs so aaron if the running game is good for the washington football team to uh tonight we'll know why right we'll know that it's because Jennifer King, because they put a woman in charge. That's what they need to do, the whole organization. Sell it to a woman. Take Dan Snyder out of there. Aaron, I'm not going to stop talking. I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep going. Go to cut me off. It is the Matt Mosley Show. Aaron Sexton alongside. See you tomorrow at 4 o'clock sharp. This is the Spectrum Big 12 Blitz, a daily look inside Big 12 Conference football. Here's the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris. Everybody, it's time for a check of Big 12 football on today's Spectrum Big 12 Blitz. Coming up, the West Virginia Mountaineers, one of seven Big 12 schools going bowling this year. We'll hear from head coach Neil Brown on what he wants the bowl experience to be like. That's straight ahead on today's Spectrum Big 12 Blitz. Baylor Scott and White.